welcome to the Business Success Club. I want to say welcome and you are in for a treat in this group. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. And on this podcast, what we really want to establish is this. How do hardworking entrepreneurs build profitable and scalable businesses whilst having the freedom and balance to do the other things they love? like family, vacations, sports, fun, adventures, and charity. So let's tune into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Business Success Show with your business coach, Mac Atram. And today I have a very special guest tuning in very shortly. Her name is Celia Arias. And Celia Arias is originally from Argentina, but living in New York. So I'll introduce her very, very shortly. And one of the, what she's very good at is helping entrepreneurs to uncomplicate their business and creating a shortcut in order for them to create the lifestyle and the business that they really desire. Now, I want to share with you quickly, quickly before I bring her up, there are five ways, there are lots of ways, but I want to give you five ways that entrepreneurs complicate their business, just as an example. So one is often they have a very poor business model that business owner has a poor business model what I, what do i mean by that in other words that maybe they've created a product or a service that they're trying to sell but they don't know who their ideal client is they don't know what their problems are they don't know what the needs are they go to market and try to sell it to everyone or they're using channels that their their um, ideal clients are not there and poor business model means that how am I going to make money from this? And if the model is so poor and it's not working, you're not going to make money. So that's one way. Two, I touched on this and I'll say it again. Not being clear on who your ideal client is, is a recipe for disaster. And that complicates it more than anything because now your marketing people don't know how to market to those people. Your salespeople don't know what the problems are and needs are in order to close. You don't know either, so it causes confusion. It creates more work for you, not less. Now, remember, what, what I focus on teaching people is growing their business to grow wealth, not just to make income. And you can't run your business on your own if your intention is to grow what? Wealth. Number three, team are confused team doesn't know what to do your staff your team are confused they don't know what to do they don't know what actions to take why because of that poor business model because often things are complicated when they don't have to be now if you have that situation it's going to be very difficult for you to take a vacation for a week two weeks three weeks it's going to be very difficult to take a break because your team are constantly going to be phoning you emailing you and asking what to do next if that's happening constantly, your business is over complicated. Number four, very, very important, poor vision or no vision. Now, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, if there is no vision in terms of where the business is going, where the business is striving to go, then the team really haven't got anything to latch on. So you've got to be clear on your vision and without that, it complicates the business furthermore. Nobody knows where we are going. Number five, very quickly, is poor money management. Poor money management, in other words, I've had clients in the past who, 
they've invoiced clients and then they sit and wait and wait and wait for weeks upon weeks and not chasing that invoice. That creates cash flow problems. That then creates problems in terms of you self-financing your business. And when that happens, guess what? It's gonna create more complication because you gotta now find money to pay various bills. So you've got to be on top of your money management. So with no further ado, let's bring uh, Celia Arias on and let's talk about really business. Let's talk about her background, how she got into what she was doing and learn more about creating shortcuts into business. Welcome Celia Arias to this particular podcast. Now, let me tell you about what Celia does. She helps frustrated entrepreneurs create the shortcut to finally, finally building their dream business, not only their business, and their life. So they can stop wasting time and start increasing their revenue. And guess what? When your revenue increases, as long as you're controlling costs, guess what? You can then pay yourself more. Your income increases. That means you can improve your lifestyle. And that's what she's all about. Business for a lifestyle. Not you working all the hours in your business. Now, she makes sure you have a shortcut to achieve that. Celia, welcome to the Business Success Show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's nice to see you again. Yeah, it's been a while. It's definitely, definitely nice to see you as well. And I would say we're going to get straight into this as well. Uh, I want to know a bit more about your entrepreneurial background because I understand you started your first business when you were 11. Was it 11? <laughs> yeah. What were you doing at 11? I, I remember at, at 11, what was I doing? I, I wasn't running a business, I'll tell you that much. I was having fun and playing games. What were you doing? I was a weird kid, first okay. of all. Like, full warning, I was a weird kid. I um, I should say I'm from South America, I'm Argentine, and I grew up as an immigrant in the US, and uh -huh. I grew up, let's just say, very financially challenged, right? And I was already, I was kind of a quiet, observational kid, and I knew, like, I didn't, I couldn't mow the lawn and get paid by my parents, right? That wasn't an option. That's right. And I knew that I wanted to have my own money in the world. I don't know for what, but I did buy my own car when I turned 16, and that was like a really big deal nice. for me. Yeah. So um, when I was 11, I decided I read a book of uh, a, a book series called The Babysitters Club, and I decided I would start a babysitting company. Now I was 11. So what I did was I got some of my older friends who were a little bit taller and, okay. and looked a little older to go and do the sales. In a sense, I built a sales system when I was 11. Nice. So I did the sales, spoke about the thing, but I was the one who did fulfillment, meaning that I went and did the work and got paid for it. So, wow. wow. Yeah. yeah. You, got, you had the brains there at such an early age. How do you think that has shaped you later on in your entrepreneurial life and what you do with other people? I think that, you know, it's the chicken and the egg. Is it, was my situation growing up, did that form me and make me entrepreneurial or was I born with the entrepreneurial bug? You know, I don't know. I mean, mm. from there, I ended up 
being like a full-time babysitter, then nanny up through college for some of these families I met when I was 11. Oh, wow. Um, that's how I helped pay for college. It's how I paid for my first car, you know? So is it nurture versus nature or was it the nature versus, I don't know, but it's definitely formed today what I do. I have a very broad background and I really take pieces from my many lives that I've lived mm. and put it into business, right? Mm. Because in business, I then started my, um, I have too many degrees to even talk about, but when I was 24, I started a fashion line in Argentina while I was also, I was a professional dancer because my, my first bachelor's degree was in performing arts. So while I was touring and teaching tango around the world, I also created a fashion line and was selling okay. globally. But the beauty of that, when you are an entrepreneur and when you're young, you try to sit in all the seats, right? Like you try to do all the things. For sure. So it's a it's now in retrospect, I'm like, oh, I spent my 20s, I spent my entire 20s just working seven days a week, doing all the things, sitting in all the seats, wearing all the hats. You know, in your 20s, you kind of have the energy to do that. So you yeah. don't think twice yeah. about it until I got into my 30s and was like, I wonder how long I can sustain working seven day weeks. Mm. Yeah. So I sold my company, thank God, and I came back to the US and got an MBA. Okay. Thinking that was the answer, right? That the, the secret sauce that I was missing was in the MBA. No. It was, don't go get an MBA. <laughs> I, I know that one well. <laughs> oh yeah? Yeah. So you feel me on that. Yeah. I, I feel you on that. So you, um, so it seems like you're a go-getter. You, you know what you want, you go and get it, you work hard at it, and you transition when, some, when you feel it's right, which is great, which is fine. Um, and you've got so many degrees. What have you learned as an entrepreneur does it, that has helped you the most that now you help your clients with? Um, so many things. I think there's two big things that are kind of like my, the foundations of my teaching. Sure. Okay. Number one, as in personal development and spiritual journeys, because I'm all about personal development. Mm -hmm. We all know this, right? Where does transformation in your life begin? Right. Begin with you. You have to grow. You have to grow yourself. Absolutely. It begins from within, right? People always tell you, like, if you want to change that situation or change that other person, change you. Yeah. The same is true for business. Yeah. You have to be able to look at your business, the insides of your business, right? Lift the hood and see what's really going on. And what I see most people doing is just focusing on more marketing. I just need more leads. I just need more leads. I just need more leads. Like how many times have we heard that? And how many times do we think that, right? But the growth, the secret to your growth is from within, mm -hmm. just like in personal development. There are so many little opportunities and places in your business that if you optimize them, I mean, it, it would completely change the way the whole value chain, right? Like the chain effect would then get you more leads or help you convert those leads better or what have you. So that's um, my like rule number one is that the growth actually often happens from within. And what I do is I, I created a framework okay. um, to help what I do is I help my clients have a score in every single pillar of business. Okay. And we go through this pretty in, like kind of an intense process. It's a really fun process. Um, and I give them a score in every area so that we understand 
where are the blind spots, where are the bottlenecks and where we're going to go. And it's almost never marketing first. I love marketing and sales. I'm all for it. Right. But it's not usually where we need to go first. So that's number one. That's my rule. Number one. Absolutely. Fantastic. That's your rule. Number one, just in case people are lost, tell them exactly, you know, how do you, what's your e-pitch your elevator pitch very quickly before you go to your rule number two. You know, if someone says, Hey, what, what is it you actually do Celia? Cause they might be sitting there. Uh, what, what does Celia actually do? Celia even actually. Yeah. I mean, that's a really great question. And what I say is I'm a growth strategist. Okay. And, and what that means is I create the shortcut for your business's growth, which leads me to rule number two. Okay. Got it. Uh-huh. There is no one size fits all answer. And here's my other big thing that I observe a lot is that we're being sold to a lot on social media and um, in in the places that we play, right? We're being sold solutions a lot Mm -hmm. of the time, Mm -hmm. but you actually need to know what your problem is first, because we, we we keep adding, right? other people's solutions and other people's programs and other people's courses and coaching and whatever, whatever it is. And it's all good. It's all solid information, but you have to know what your problem in your business is. What's your bottleneck? What's your challenge? What's your blind spot? Because you have to find the solution that's right for you. Right. And, and for most small businesses that you've worked with, is that easy for them to establish on their own or do they need help from expertise like you to help them to get that clarity, that level of awareness, so they know what to do next. What have you found? I think, you know, um, sometimes I give away, I have like a free variation of my framework where you can try it for yourself and you ask yourself certain questions and hopefully you can see for yourself where your blind spots are. And then if you can do that and you're honest with yourself and you can see it and look at it and you can take it and run with it, then you don't need someone else. Right. If you're kind of like, I'm, I'm living in chaos and confusion. I never really know what to do next. I keep buying, adding new software, trying new funnels, mm. buying courses, whatever it is. And I'm not sure what's what's next for me or what's right for me. That's probably when you need help actually seeing your blind spots, right? Um, typically our blind spots live in the areas we don't like to look at. Like if you hate numbers, and you don't really like looking at your numbers and you feel a little uncomfortable or nervous because you're like, I don't really understand my PL. And so therefore I don't want to admit that I don't that I don't understand my PL. So therefore I'm just not gonna really look at it. <laughs> There's probably something living in your numbers that's can easily be just dialed up a notch and change everything. Yeah. But what do we do as humans, right? When something makes us uncomfortable, we avoid it, right? We avoid it. Yes. And we do the exact same thing in our business. So it kind of depends on your personality. But a lot of times I work with people on the thing they're avoiding in their business. And my goal, my fun challenge to myself is how do I make numbers fun? Okay. How do I make this dashboard really easy? How do I convert your P? Like I love making tools for people. How do I convert this PL into a simple, simple framework that now you look at your numbers and go, got it. I know what's going on. Right, 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 right. That's the operations person in me, right? And I'm like, cool, you hate numbers? Amazing, let's go. Let's go play in your numbers. At first, my clients are like, 
this lady is crazy. But you know, eventually I get on calls with my clients and they're like, okay, this many sales calls, this is my conversion rate. This person's conversion was this, this person, you know, eventually they're just rattling off numbers to me. They start the call like that before I've even started. And I'm like, Mm. and then how'd you get them to love numbers then if they don't like numbers because that's an ingrained subconscious thing maybe programmed in from school maybe they didn't like math you say math we say maths right right? well how'd you get them to love it then yeah actually i'm so glad that you asked me that question but i forget i forget to tell this story i hated maths in school as Uh you would say maths i hated math i believed i was bad at it because i was a creative Mm. and i was good at spatial math like i was good at geometry i was good at pattern making when i went to fashion design school but i believed i was bad at math because i went to a school system that if you didn't just get it and get certain things that meant you were bad at math right Mm. my whole life i too avoided numbers Okay. Uh huh. When I got a corporate partnerships and sales job in the luxury sector, every Monday morning, the first thing we had to do Monday at 9am team meeting, report on these huge spreadsheets and report your sales numbers to the head, to the head of North America sales department. We were always, half of us were always shaking in our boots on Monday mornings. Right. Uh And so finally I was like, I got to just sit with these spreadsheets and figure out a way to create a relationship with this and not be intimidated by all these numbers on this really long spreadsheet. I got to figure this out because I can't be sitting in a Monday meeting shaking in my boots. It's just a horrible feeling. You just, you're not going to survive this, this world. But I knew I was good at building partnerships and I knew I was good at sales and I was really good at the, it was a very difficult, challenging job. So I started to look at these spreadsheets and I realized, oh, the numbers are just telling me a story mm-hmm. about how this particular client's performing or not performing. Yeah. Year over year, month over month, when they bought, like, it, and so then I would go and talk to that client and figure out if the numbers aligned with the, their story. So when I started to realize numbers are just telling us a story, I started to look at flowcharts differently. Okay. That, that was one thing. Like, so now what I do is I, I love teaching people about numbers. I make very, very simple dashboards and we start very basic. Like if you really just hate looking at an Excel sheet, I'm not going to give you an, the same Excel sheet that I'm going to give to someone who's had a business for 10 years and kind of can rattle off some numbers, right? Okay. Okay. You hate numbers. We're going to start right here, baby Excel sheet. I'm going to tell you the story. I'm going to teach you how these numbers tell you a story about how you're performing and how your team's performing. And when you get comfortable with that and you can tell me that story, cool. Now we're going to add a few columns of a few more numbers. And now we're going to add a few more. So when I basically teach people how to make numbers a story. Very good. I mean, obviously you've got, and was that a natural thing, something you're gifted with or because your own turmoil with numbers, you figured out, you realize actually the way I learned it was this. So I'm going to teach it that way. Did it come natural to you to be able to impart that knowledge to other people? I think, you know, so here's where the, my, my funny wild career actually plays, uh-huh. plays into this because I was a tango teacher 
for many years oh, in Argentina. Right, right, right. right. Um, so it's like, what does tango have to do with numbers? Well, I'll tell you, tango is a very, very hard dance to learn because it's very actually mathematical. It's a little bit like playing chess. Okay. It's a very mental dance that people don't realize. Um, so the fun thing about teaching something hard is how do you teach something hard to someone? Mm. It's almost like you have to find the metaphor and the story that that makes the person understand what you're trying to say. Right. So I learned, I had to learn how to teach something complex so that people can understand it. And then I thought, well, this is applicable to numbers, to systems, uh -huh. to strategy, to operation, right? Like it's just... I think something that is maybe innate to me is simplifying the complex. That's fun for me. How mm -hmm. do I take something really complex and break it down for you and figure out the way for it to finally land for you? Right. Which is why I always say there's no such thing as one size fits all strategy. Yeah. Right. Because on my framework, we're all in different places. We're, we're all scoring a little bit. Our business is scoring a little bit differently. So what I do with one client where we might focus on numbers, another client, we may focus on their product market fit, the profitability of their offers, their positioning statements, right? Like, because that's where they're weakest. And I think that's where, um, where I see entrepreneurs getting stuck is they're like, well, so-and-so did this. So I'm just going to apply that same thing. Yeah, yeah. And then I don't get the same result. And then I'm frustrated because I'm sitting in comparison. Tell uh, our audience here, um, Celia, why it's so important to simplify your business as opposed to making it complicated. Why is that so important? Oh my gosh. Well, I think it, it goes back to what life do you want? Mm. What are you trying to create? The complexity, if, if you allow things, if you allow yourself to stew and things and you allow complexity in your business, how much brain space and time and energy is your business taking up of your life? Good, right? good point you made. And when have you found when an entrepreneur is in the midst of it, in the middle of it, do they know? Or do they feel that they've made it complex? Or is it someone like you just says, why do you do that? And why do you do that? And why do you do that? It, it, it's someone bringing that awareness to them. Because if you've been doing this for the last 10 years, the same way, the same way, what, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, I don't think we realize when we are complicating things. Mm. I don't think we see ourselves doing it. That's the really the value of having... Uh, a coach, a mentor, a guide, if you will. I, I can give you so many examples, uh -huh. but I, I had a client recently who had purchased a, a launch course a long time ago. And so she took a, from, she took a week to build out a whole nurture sequence, email sequence, launch method. She worked so hard on it and it didn't convert to sales. Right. Okay. And um, when we spoke about it, you know, I did kind of go, why did you do that without talking to me? But I, I wanted to say that, but I didn't. But when I showed her, yes, this is your particular type of client. This is your particular type of offer. The way to close more sales is really going to be boom, boom, boom. And she went and did it. And she goes, I can't <laughs> believe it was that easy. Mm. 
but because we believe we need the nurture sequence and the funnels and the, some people do, right? Some people are ready for the nurture sequence and the funnels and the opt-ins and the, and all the different trajectories, right? Some people need that. Some people just need to get into conversation one-on-ones and sell five packages in a week and they're good. Yeah. So, um, but I don't think we see that we over, uh, complicate we're we're doing the things that we think we're supposed to be doing Uh as business owners right what is the difference thanks for that uh celia what's the difference between a growth strategist like yourself and other so-called business coaches what's the what's the key difference well i would say um for me what i do is i i was a coo for a long time So what I do as a growth strategist is I basically, a a business coach typically has a certain level of expertise, Mm. right? They may be amazing at sales and marketing, or maybe just marketing, or they may be someone who's really good at systems and will build up systems for you, right? Or they may be a phenomenal mindset coach, which I think we all need mindset coaching at some point in our journey, 100%. Um, What I try to do is I look at the entire machine. And I, I, what I say is if I were the COO of this business and I had a board asking me, what are you going to do to grow this business, mm-hmm. which I've had that happen to me and I've sat in that seat, what would I do? So that's why I've, why I've created a framework to look at the entire business and look, kind of have a sense of where each department is currently standing. Um, so, and my ultimate goal is I, I imagine there's this board asking me, you have a year to grow this business or you have six months to grow this business before our next meeting with such and such VC. What are you going to do? Right. And that's what I think a growth strategist is, is like, I'm not going to play over here in sales and marketing and content because I love content. I do love content. I love marketing. I love that pillar. It's really fun. But right now I'm actually trying to build a growth trajectory. So I'm going to look at what are the key levers that are going to create that growth. And I'm going to build a strategy plan for those places and those areas rather than the areas where I like to play. And I think that's the difference. That's, that's well explained. That's well explained. And with your particular roadmap or your strategy, um, can you give us some insights into that? You said there's seven areas you look at. Is it seven? I think you said. Yeah. So the way um, the way I've built it out is that there are six key pillars of business. So uh-huh. I'll go through it. Let's see if I can go through it without looking at it. Product mar- from left to right, product market fit, marketing, sales, numbers, team and systems, fulfillment. Right. And the, I knew what you would see in my framework is the foundation of that is vision, mindset, your CEO time. Right. So I put those things below because I think that you need to be really clear about your vision and the vision of your business because that plays into every pillar, that feeds into all the pillars. Definitely. Your mindset plays in every pillar, shows up in every single pillar, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and your time and how you're allocating your time plays in every pillar. So that's how my framework works. And on the side, what brings it all together is operations. Because to me, operations isn't one particular system or one CRM, you know, or one tool. Operations is that thing that threads all of the pieces together and kind of makes a train, right? With different train carts. Like operations is the, those like hooks that hook the train carts together. Yeah. 
Oh, okay, fantastic. I mean, yeah, so someone going through the model with you, that framework with you, you can kind of see the pieces where they may be struggling on or they score low on, um, the ones that they thrive in and it works well for them. And, then, and I suppose you then know which area to focus on that's going to, or the levers to push, that's going to make the biggest difference in the shortest amount of time. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Very, very good. Well, well said. Well said. Do you have any, um, uh, another case study or an example of someone who's been through the framework where maybe they were resistant to it? It's like, oh no, I just, I just want to make absolutely. more. You were telling me to go through all this. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> go on. yeah. 100. Yeah, actually all my clients, uh -huh. but I'll give you a really fun example. Um, I had somebody who was stuck at around 700 K a year for two years. And, and she really wanted to get into multi seven figures was her goal. And so when I kind of ran her through my framework, I said, um, you're not going to believe this because she wanted to focus in other areas. And I said, you have a real weak point in your sales process. Okay your sales process is sales team. And she said, no, 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 no. We have that on lock. I have a person who follows up in the DMs, gets them in a call, boom, boom, boom. It's in my air table. Here are the tags in my air table, right? And I said, okay, I'm going to believe you. You know, another week goes by and I go, mm, I see leads being dropped. Something's going on here. You have a sales system problem. No, I don't. No, I don't. I was like, okay, let's, I'll make you a deal. I'm going to go into your system. I'm going to make up a fake name, fake persona, fake email. Right. I am going to go in as a spy and test your sales system mm -hmm. and report back. So uh, I did so and showed her all the times where the, per the person had an opportunity to close me quickly and hook me in and they dropped the ball. And it wasn't just the person, it was the system because this person was trying to just close people in the DMs and wanted to avoid sales calls because she doesn't like doing sales calls. Okay. And she didn't want to train people to do sales calls. She was trying to create something without sales calls. So when I showed her my examples and showed her screenshots and showed her the experience, she then kind of went, oh, <laughs> oh my God, now I have to build a sales process. So we, and I was like, okay, it doesn't have to be a big thing let's just try it. Let's try a different sales process where we implement one sales call. That person that's warm in the DMs, let's just do a one call close. It doesn't have to be this whole drawn out two to three call thing either, right? Again, because we believe that a sales process is laborious and long and draining on you for doing the call, all the things. So we did it. She implemented it, immediately shot up, implemented that in other air when she does live events when she does virtual summits implemented this whole process that we built and it's a really simple process and she immediately was like finished at one that that very year finished at around 1.4 uh-huh and you know it was a really great for me it was an, a beautiful relationship because she was like thank you it was almost like you found the place where i had a thorn you took it out and now we're running and I was like, great. That's kind of my dream too, right? I don't, I actually don't like working with people for a really long time. Uh -huh. I like that scenario where we found the thing, we fixed it, and now the machine is humming along and, and they're doing great. Right. There you go. You see, you've been listening to Celia Arias, and I'm going to go back to Celia in a moment, helping you to 
get the shortcuts or create a shortcuts in your business so you can get the results you want quicker, faster, more efficiently and live the lifestyle that you want. She takes people from just crawling their way through business to getting them up and running their way through business and create and get into the destination they want to get to. So Celia, you've been sharing some great golden nuggets with us here. Fantastic. Any other things you want to share before we start wrapping up here? Actually, before you share that, let me ask you, for those who want to um, connect with you or learn more from you, what's the best and easiest way for them to um, connect or con contact you? Yeah, sure. Um, easy way is social media. Um, on Instagram and Facebook, I am, my social media handle is I am Don Celia because that's am what my friends Celia. call me. Oh. Um, and my website is celiarias.com, C-E-L-I-A-R-I-A-S.com. Pretty easy. Oh, there you go. It's pretty straightforward. So yeah, connect with Celia, get, get to know her, get to um, understand her shortcut for you to get to your lifestyle, your dream business and make more money. So any last words, anything you want to add or say before we start wrapping up here, um, Celia? another nice fun tip for people because I see this a lot as well if you've decided to test something any strategy right any someone's given you a strategy and a tool to test make sure that you actually test it and collect data on how it's performing before you try the next thing mm, what a because I, I see we we get impatient we implement one thing we get impatient we're not sure if it's working or not we go to the next thing Right. So make sure that you're actually tracking some kind of data that would tell you that new content pillar you're trying or that new tool that you're trying or that new, uh, you know, lead magnet that you're trying. How are you measuring it to know if it's actually right for your business or not, rather than it being an emotional decision? Fantastic. What a great tip. You know, you know why that's such a great tip, Celia? Every single month, there's new fun-dangled way and a marketer saying, do it this way and do it that way. And often what I say to my clients, if you have something that's already working, keep it, keep doing it, keep tweaking it, keep getting better at that. And if you want to test that, test it. If it works for you as well, now you've got two channels, but don't kill that one and then jump onto that one. And so I love what you said in terms of testing it making sure it works. Yeah, so so it's fantastic. Great, great tip. You've been listening to Celia Arias. So check her out. I am Don Celia. So you can get her there or Ar celiaarias.com. Um, so she can give you more information on that. You've been listening to and tuned into the Business Success Show with your business coach, Mac Atram. Make sure you follow, you subscribe, you like, also make some comments in terms of what you've picked up from today's session with Celia Arias. So Celia, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for giving your time and your energy. Much, much appreciated it. And um, it's another angle for people to look at to say, hey, maybe I am overcomplicating it. And often, Celia, you and I know, yes, they are. Yes, you are. <laughs> if you even thought it, you probably are. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Celia, and I'll catch up with you another time. Thank you. Thank okay. you. You're most welcome. Thank you.